Today on the One Cheap Podcast, Haunted Fort Stewart Apartment. Coming up right after this, roll that theme song. It was 2003 when I returned from Germany to my new duty assignment at Fort Stewart, Georgia. My best buddy Ed Keck stopped by my office in the motor pool and he asked if I wanted to go check out apartments outside the front gate. I said, yeah, sure, why not? We got to move out of temporary building soon. Yeah, let's do it. He also said he knew of a, a mattress sale where we could pick up a couple of queen size beds for like $150 each and they would throw in the frames for free. Sweet, I said. Ed had given me a ride the previous week to pick up my little Nissan pickup truck I had bought locally from a dealer. It was 5K and it smelled new inside, and I was just glad to have some transportation. So we got our apartments, and we lived diagonally across from each other. Ed was my Kramer, you know, from Seinfeld, if you will. He would just pop in from time to time and throw an idea out there to see if I was up for going out or eating dinner, what have you. So it was our first night in our respective apartments. I think Ed went out with uh, Gilly to Savannah for blues night or something. I declined because I was tired and I was not yet accustomed to Georgia's 90% humidity. So I ate, took a shower, and decided to crash. It was not too early because I was still unpacking. Uh, I mean, I think it was like 11.30 p.m.-ish. Before I get too far into the story, though, let me give you the layout of the apartment. It was a one-bedroom apartment. The studio was insanely small, so I said, give me the one-bedroom. Ed also selected the same size apartment as mine for the same reason. You need more than one room, but you know, you need it. I didn't want it to feel like I was living in a barracks room. So the one-bedroom I got. When you look at my apartment from the outside, you see a long one-story building, which is divided by partition walls and houses four separate apartments in succession. My apartment was on the end and right next to the parking lot. So I could see my truck and Eddie's Jeep from my front window. The entrance to my apartment was on the left-hand corner of the building. So when you entered the apartment, you basically walked diagonal to get to the kitchen, which was behind a tacky see-through bookshelf partition. So when you're standing beside the bookshelf, to your front was the entrance to your kitchen. To the right of the cabinets was a laundry room, to hook up your own washer and dryer. And yes, I bought my own because I got tired of buying rolls of quarters and walking to the laundromat. I prefer to be able to do laundry and other things simultaneously. And yes, Ed came by a lot after that too. As I was saying, when you are standing next to the bookcase and on the dividing line of the kitchen and living room, immediately to your right is a three foot by three foot hallway. One step in and you're in the middle of it. To your front is now the full bathroom, your sink, toilet, and then your full tub and shower. By your left arm, and still standing in the hallway, is a small linen closet. By your right arm is the bedroom, also the same size as your living room. So my bedroom was behind the living room wall. Now, as I said, my door was diagonally positioned across the living room. Also, on the same wall as the front entry door was a large window with a long built-in AC unit. You know, the kind they have in budget hotels. You also have a small window in your bedroom too. 
outside, they had these round globe street lamps, you know, like in the 1900s, like you find in the parks. But these were styled like, I don't know, 1970s. They had big, round, clear globes on a six or seven foot tall pole. I would often leave my living room blinds open just a little so I would have some natural light in the living room during the day, but still have my privacy. Speaking of privacy, I also changed my apartment locks when I moved in. I figured this close to the front gate of Fort Stewart, man, there are bound to be keys floating around out there somewhere. And the lock was pretty worn anyway. I did give the main office the spare keys and told her it would help me sleep better if I knew I was the only key holder to my apartment, minus the office, of course. She was okay with it and did not require a work order, and I gave the office the two spare keys. So, like I said, it was 1130-ish. I have my bed set up with my head facing the living room partition wall. I'm lying in my bed in a semi-fetal position on my left-hand side. The room is pitch black, and I'm facing the linen closet, which is being lit up with the outside lamp lights through the Venetian blinds I left partially open. And I'm just about to fall asleep. It's probably midnight by now. When I hear my front door open all the way up and slam shut. I mean, it was so loud. I thought whoever slammed it, they got to be really strong. And man, it sounded like they were trying to slam it off the hinges and through the door jam. Seriously, it was like when the wind slams the door shut. Needless to say, I was wide awake now. And I heard heavy footsteps crossing my living room, deliberately stomping as each step was taken. It took me normally 12 steps to get to the entrance of my room from the front door. So I pulled the covers off my legs to be ready to spring into action as thoughts raced through my mind of how could this be? I just changed the locks. Anyway, I prepared my attack plan as I counted each of the heavy thuds. Six. Seven. My plan was to jump from the bed using as a trampoline and with a double leg flying kick catch my intruder, whoever they may be, in the face or chest to slam them through the linen closet and into the laundry room behind it. I mean, from the sound of those stomps, whoever it was, was big. I knew it would be blinded by the lamp light from the outside and the room was pitch black, so he wouldn't be able to see me until it was too late. He would see my feet first as they collided with his head and chest. This would give me the element of surprise. Eight. Nine. I should see someone's shadow by now. Where's the shadow? Ten. All of a sudden, my head began to sink into the pillow, and now I'm looking at the linen closet through one open eye as the other is buried in my pillow due to what felt like a 300-pound man sitting on my right arm, as I'm still lying on my side in my bed. Yeah, I had a plan before. I mean, if I could have gotten to the ready spring position, you know, but with something sitting on me like that, you know, sitting on you like you would sit on a toilet, only I was the toilet. Now, this was unexpected. Whatever it was, was heavy and not human. Because, you know, when a person sits on you, it will often affect your breathing. This did not affect my breathing. It did, however, block the nerve signal to the right side of my body. I mean, I wanted to move. My arm and right side were just not receiving the signal from my brain, telling them to move. So while freaked out, I was not scared. I mean, I was actually angry. Because this is what bullies do to kids. They sit on them, right? So I thrust my left leg and arm, which were receiving signal, out from under me and pivoted my hips in one explosive movement. You know, like when you wrestle in high school. As I pivoted my hips, whoever or whatever should have lost their balance and either fell forward or backward. As I pivoted, I punched at what should have been their lower back 
or buttocks. I hit nothing. And the bed didn't even jostle as if two people were on it. I mean, it just vanished. And then I bolted for the light switch. And as soon as I turned it on and began swinging at the air to try and clear my, my bedroom, I said, fight me now. Come on, coward. In the light. Let's go. No response. No noise. No more footsteps. Nothing. I mean, I went and checked my front door for damages. No damage. And it was still locked. Deadbolt and all. I opened my curtains in my bedroom so the lamplight could come in. And I said out loud as I turned off the light again. Try it again, punk. Good night. I went back to bed and slept lightly, expecting a wrestling match to break out. Nothing more happened. That night as I drifted off to sleep, I thought to myself, boy, I wonder if Ed is having the same problem over there. Well, the next week was uneventful. Then one Saturday night, I was making music tracks on my PS2. It was actually a, a funky hip-hop styled song. Um, it was a track that had like, some Chinese chimes mixed in and a guy saying, uh, yeah, uh. It was coming along nicely when out of the corner of my eye, I see this six inch tall figure. I mean, and the only way I can describe this is to have you search Google Images for the Norwegian Nitrol. Yeah, the Norwegian Nitrol. It looked like a solid black Nitrol with shiny eyes like a doll. And no, I did not Google this troll and then make this up. This is the only way I know how to describe it, and that is as close as it gets. Nope, I haven't been to Sweden or Norway either, and I haven't heard of a nitrile until I happened to look online and, and just, it caught my eye. It was something on a random search thing there, and, it, and I was like, that's what that thing looked like. So that's why I said, Google a nitrile. Anyway, back to my experience. So I fiddled with my controller, and I waited for it to look at the TV. And then while pressing buttons really fast on my controller, I quickly looked directly at it. And as soon as it caught me looking at it through its peripheral vision, it turned into a puff of smoke. Before that, it kept ducking behind the living room chair whenever I looked in this direction out of curiosity of the movement I saw out of the corner of my eye. And when it turned into a puff of smoke, I laughed and I said out loud, Ha! I saw you. The next day, I dropped by Ed's and asked if he wanted to go get something for breakfast at Waffle House. He said, sure. But he kept looking under his bed. I said, what are you doing? He said, I think I saw a mouse. Something black darted past me when I was doing some push-ups and ran into my bed, but I don't see anything or any holes in the wall or, or, or in my box spring. I laughed. I said, come on, man. Let's go get something to eat. I'm starving. I'll explain it on the way. He nodded okay, but he kept looking under the bed and around the room on the way out. You know, when my girlfriend and future wife, Hillary, decided to move in after she graduated from Georgia State, I had gotten about... Oh, she moved in a couple weeks after that. Oh, most of that stuff had happened. I had forgotten about my little pain in the butt. And uh, one night she was making dinner for us to celebrate our moving in together as I watched the local news to see how things are going in Iraq. I mean, I'm due to deploy there soon, so I wanted to know what was going on. She suddenly calls my name, Frank, and had a strange look on her face, like when you see a mouse. I said, what is it? You see a mouse or something? She goes, uh, no, not exactly. Um, I don't know how to say this. I chimed in, just say it. She said, uh, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. I said, I won't think you're crazy. She goes, I, I think I saw what looked like a six-inch little black man looking at me from under the table. And when I looked at him, he vanished into a puff of black smoke. Does that sound crazy? I said, you're not crazy. I see him all the time. He's harmless. Later on, we were lying in bed that night discussing purchasing a home. When all of a sudden, it sounded as if someone just walked into the dresser at the foot of the bed. The dresser shook violently like someone collided with it, and Hillary immediately clutched my arm. But of course, there was nothing there. 
I mean, we actually saw the dresser rock a full sway back and forth, you know, when, when someone collides with it. I looked at her and I said, he's harmless and clumsy. This happens all the time. It's no big deal. They can't hurt you. Just ignore them. The meal she made was filling and delicious. So as we started to drift off to sleep, she suddenly grabs my arm again and says, what was that? It sounded like it pushed a plate in the sink. So I yelled like a drill sergeant. Hey, if you want to push dishes in the sink, you can go ahead and do them. Otherwise, keep it down. I got work in the morning. The next day, we both returned home from our jobs, me being in the army and she being a nanny. The apartment was quiet. We did buy a house, though. It was owned by the librarian who had passed away recently. And we had almost no activity until one day Hillary was folding laundry. And she was on her way back out of then baby Quinn's room when she heard his barnyard toy say, Quinn. Quinn. That was the last experience we had in Georgia as I got orders for Fort Hood. We bought another home in Temple, Texas, but that is another experience. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a like and a comment on iTunes. It really helps out more than you know. And if you'd like to reach out to us, or if you've had your own experience and you'd like to share that with our listeners, you can email me at the one cheap podcast at gmail.com. As always, take care and God